Hello everybody, it's me Ross and welcome to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Fan Social. Hope you all had a good Christmas. It's Boxing Day and this is your little treat after Christmas. Your little secret present that was hiding at the bottom of the tree. And um, we're going to be recapping the Sunderland draw. Talking about Kieran McKenna and all the other bits and bobs. And also got a quiz. So hopefully you enjoy this hour or two. We'll see how far we go. Um, but I'm joined by Ben. Bono, Matt, Brad, and David to discuss all things town. And um, well, Ben, let's go over to you first, my friend. How was your Christmas? And uh, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Uh, thanks, Ross. Yeah, excellent Christmas. Thanks. Got my parents in law over from Ireland, and we're thankfully all well. And um, yeah, got to be thankful for that, I think, at this moment in time. So yeah, all COVID free. Had a fantastic Christmas, drank too much, ate too much, same old, um, a few town gifts under the tree, hopefully you'll get three points against Wickham, but yeah, I'm feeling great, um, really pleased to be here, and yeah, happy Christmas to all our listeners. Indeed, and uh, Bono, uh, sadly there was no Boxing Day game, so that is why there's a podcast here for the listeners, um, how are you, and did you enjoy your Christmas? Well, Merry Christmas, Feliz Natal and uh, Joy Noel to everybody. Uh, Christmas was uh, an absolute crescendo of disappointment as per usual. Um, um, but yeah, we're here. Um, we're, we're not in um, Kent, thanks to Steve Evans's seven merry men or however many they claim to have out on the training pitch. But we're here. We're, we're happy. We're healthy. Thank you very much. And um, thanks to everybody for another fantastic um, listenership. There you go. Yes. We, yeah, let's crack on. Yes, I'm intrigued. Um, let us know, uh, listeners, where are you listening to this on your Boxing Day? Are you going for a nice little stroll? Um, are you having to drive to your in-laws or whatever? Let us know. Uh, but Matt, thank you very much for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you on. How are you? I'm good, mate. I think this is my uh, my pod debut. I've done done some game days and uh, and I did I did the reaction video with uh, with David a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, so yeah, good Christmas. Uh, got to see my side of the family this year, um, which didn't last year, so always a bonus. Yep. Same as everybody else. Ate too much, drank too much, but had a lovely old time. Really. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. And Brad, you're still in the Christmas spirit. Um, if you're watching on video, you'll see he's got his reindeers. Um, what they called? What they called? Antlers. Antlers. <laughs> oh, you know me. I'm an idiot. Uh, Brad, did you have a good Christmas? I did, but Christmas was cancelled well and truly at my household. Father-in-law tested positive for COVID, so I went out the 11th hour to get uh, uh, all the trimmings for my little family. We had Christmas by ourselves, but we had a lovely time. And um, I hope everyone else had a wonderful Christmas too. So, yes, roll on the 29th because... Thanks to Steve Evans, like you say, we're not playing today, as you may already know. Yeah, no game, unfortunately. Boxing Day is, I always enjoy the Boxing Day game. You know, after you fall with your Christmas food, you're hopefully um, wearing your newest feature that you've got for Christmas um, and all that stuff. Um, and David, you're the final man to introduce. How are you? Did you have a good Christmas? Did you get what you wanted? Well, um yeah, I uh, yes, good good Christmas. Always go what I wanted because we do a nice little list. So um, you sort of I I, I do a, do a huge list including things like sort of a, a holiday house in France and stuff. So I have ludicrously large things on there as well as um, the smaller sort of actually affordable ones. Um, yeah, mince pies, glitter, um, nails, all of those things. Um, so 
what and it's candle tea on boxing day so be off there later on which is a family tradition dating back 100 years odd so i mean it's always and it was cancelled last year so i'm delighted to be back first one that has been cancelled in since my great great grandmother's time so that that that'll that'll be good so um yes just mince pies and ranting against that fat a week <laughs> taking yes. away my taking away my christmas football yeah, not happy. Is, I wasn't happy about yeah. an away game and no football, even more so. Yeah, it's a shame that like Boxing Day, I do like a home game on a Boxing Day because um, you know a lot. I know a lot of families get together and they go down and watch the game, but on the way to Gillingham, probably not ideal. But there we go. Um, we are going to recap this Sunderland draw. No, it's been a week now since that draw, but I think it's an opportunity just for the fan social lads to discuss it. Um, I know all of you were at the game. I think. No. Yep. Okay. I, I reluctantly ducked out um, COVID getting ready for Christmas and does sound like I missed a bit of an atmosphere, unfortunately, but I have watched the highlights, I promise. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I wasn't there either, so it's an opportunity for me to find out. I've read about it and been told about it, but it's an opportunity to discuss it more in depth and recapping. So, Ben, over to you. Um, let's talk about the atmosphere. Um, McKenna, Kieran McKenna was in the stands. Um, some of the American owners were over there, uh, Burke Bakai and Mark Detmer. Um, what was the atmosphere like? And, um, well, I heard there was fire. <laughs> yeah, it was warm. It was, I mean, it was a cold day, but it, it, yeah. It, uh, yeah, the fire display was very impressive. It was like November the 5th, but uh, on December the 18th instead. It was, um, yeah, the atmosphere in the ground, uh, around the ground before kickoff with the late, great Kevin Beatty and his statue being um, unleashed on the world. Um, great job they've done there. Fantastic the way they've raised the money and raising for great charity as well. So hats off there. Um, but the game the game itself, the atmosphere was absolutely outstanding. I thought the club, um, huge hats off to them. Never would have happened in the previous era. So um, I hope we have more games like it. I, I took a few friends who never would have been before or ever before not not Ipswich fans but we said you know come along it'll be a great atmosphere and love the flags there's some fantastic photos that people are taking and videos around the ground uh I mean if I was a player walking out to that atmosphere that atmosphere you can't help but get goosebumps and um, the hairs on the back of your neck stand up it it really was carnival atmosphere for a team that have been doing well mediocre in league one for uh, for a month or two um it just shows if this club can get on a good run then that's what it could be like every week um i i really really enjoyed it the, the game itself was um was excellent actually i thought for league one it, the standard was pretty good it was um hell fire sort of and brimstone as a smashing into tackles everybody was giving it 110 percent, which we we certainly haven't seen as much as we should have done this season but um yeah, the application from the players I thought was so much better and it leaves you thinking sort of more positively moving forward. Um, it was, yeah, just brilliant. The, the players definitely played off the crowd and if we can continue that at the Wiccan game on the 29th when there's going to be 25,000 or so, don't know if we'll have the blue and white flags, probably won't look the same in the dark anyway. But um, yeah, really enjoyed it, Ross. Shame you weren't there. But for those that did, it will certainly stick in the memory, I think, for a long time. Definitely. I'm sure there's a lot of new fans who are going to their first game or some fans returning for a, for the first time in a long time because they're cheap tickets and all that. But um, yeah, it looked like a, a great atmosphere. And um, and Bono, the view from the U2 was packed for the first time probably ever ever since you've been sitting there. What was that like? Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I saw you put a message on the WhatsApp group. The blue flags are now in the bin somewhere. So they were there. They won't be getting used. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, Ben. Um, I, I went down to... Um, Planet Blue parked up 
outside the ticket office for the old free parking, no return after two hours type thing. And um, yeah, sadly, the TIFO was being put in the bin, which is a shame, really, because I reckon it probably cost a few thousand. And um, yeah, it was great to see. But the atmosphere was just was unforgettable, really. I know it was only a League One fixture. You know, um, it wasn't like a big European night or or like a FA Cup game or or even like a Premier League um, game. But certainly in my time going to Fortress Portman Road, it was absolutely fantastic. And it's a day I'll never forget just from starting at uh, starting at the pre-match pub, which for me is the, is, is the Greyhound. Uh, that was that was brilliant. Um, the walk to the ground, just seeing so many, just seeing so many groups on their way. A lot of people that I'd never seen before. Uh, the club ran the day really, really well. Um, so I kind of paced myself getting in because it would be busier. But uh, the stewarding and the turnstiling staff, everything. I mean, I won't harp on about the usual issues in the cobbled about queuing up to get a drink or a or a pie or whatever. But yeah, the, the pyrotechnics were, were right in front of us. Absolutely fantastic. Boiling hot. It reminded me of uh, seeing Rammstein at uh, Brixton Academy uh, back in the early 2000s. Um, but yeah, what what an atmosphere! What a day! It was great for um for two for the for the two members of Game Changers seeing that. Also, Kieran McKenna and um, Martin Pert as well. But yeah, like like Ben said, it was just a fantastic game. Fire and brimstone. Sadly for me, the second game in a row where I've missed the goal, um, like uh, Bursant Santa Claus Selena's goal. I missed that because I needed a wee before halftime and uh, Norwood. Came out the loo, heard a massive roar. I thought, oh, here we go again. But yeah, I thought their goal. Yeah, well, well, we'll save the Sunderland top of the game. Everything just, just brilliant. Can't wait to get down there. And fingers crossed, we are still on for the chair boys on the. Uh, are they the chair boys? Wickham, they are, aren't they? The chair boys on the 29th, and then uh, my my home county club, Lincoln City, on New Year's Day. Boris dependent, of course. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. We need we need them festive games. We need them. Um, Matt, over to you. Um, I know you weren't there, but um quickly just talk about the team really, the, the lineup. I'm sure you know what the starting lineup was, and um Norwood back and scoring again. Yeah, it's, it's great to see. I mean, off field it, it's been problematic with him lately, but um yeah, I mean two league games, two league goals, you know. Um it's great to see him in. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm a sucker for a, a three five two, so I I quite liked um, the the side in the formation. Um, I think it suits a lot of the personnel that we've got better than than the four two three one that we were playing under Paul Kirk. Um, yeah, I I didn't go down to the game. Um, sort of a re- reluctant, sort of sensible adult decision with a head on, thinking ahead to to Christmas Day and uh, and going to see family. Um, but I was. Genuinely quite gutted, and everyone I've spoken to who was there just said about how same as what Ben and Bono have already said. What a great atmosphere it was, and and COVID restrictions allowing. I'm hoping to be um, at the at the Wickham and the Lincoln games. So fingers crossed it'll be. If they do go ahead, we'll we'll get those same sorts of atmosphere. But uh, yeah, definitely um, it was nice from watching the highlights, seeing us sort of playing more on the front foot and further up the pitch. Um, yeah. And um, Brad, over to you. Really, is th- th- these sort of games we sometimes fall apart when we have a bigger crowd, a big atmosphere. But it seems that they were loving it. They're you know 
they're coming out and just they're enjoying it. And then we got the performance in the first half, which I was told was very good. Um, what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, they just um, attacked it from a very off and the intensity didn't really die down all half. It was fantastic. I mean, even Sunderland's dirty antics of the goalkeeper going down and all of their players going straight over to Johnson to get instructions, which was obviously pre-planned. Um, I didn't throw us off and we just kept up the intensity the whole time. Um, yeah, I would say the best first half performance I've seen this season, 100%. We normally start very slow, but we were up and at them. It wasn't, it wasn't like a lot of quality from us necessarily, but everyone, when, it, when, when one person pressed, everyone went. It was just, it looked, it looked like we'd been playing this 3 5 2 quite a while in the way. In fact, that everyone looked at home in their formation, everyone looked um, like they knew what they were doing. Um, and it, it just, it just all, came together so well in that first half. We had a clear game plan of keeping Sunderland pinned in and um, the little the little triangles with the Luco and the wingbacks almost scored the perfect 3-5-2 goal. Burns uh, clipping it over the penny. I can't, I just no idea how we missed that. But um, but yeah, I mean, what can I say? Bonn and Norwood, they just relentless pressure up front against the second halves. Um, a brilliant, brilliant first half. Second half, I can... Yeah, faded a little bit, but I can understand that. Not actually having a manager in there to... Well, I, I say we didn't look like we knew what we were doing. In, in the second half, we looked a bit bereft of ideas, creativity-wise, because Sunderland sat in a little bit, looked happy with a point, probably about the 70th minute stage, and we didn't really quite know how to break them down. Burns was knackered, so that didn't help. But, yeah, on West Burns, he, he was brilliant in that right-wing back role. And I remember when he first joined, how he said that was his... Favourite position at Fleetwood Lions at where he said he had a free run on that side and he could just do whatever he pleases, really. And same with Penny on the left-hand side. The defensive responsibility was taken away from him in a way. Well, obviously still there, but not as much. It just suited every player down to the ground. And I hope I hope we stick with it, to be honest, because even a Luke, I've been saying for so long, please play him at number 10, please. Oh, my God. By far the best number 10 performance of the season, I think, from him. It, he was every time that ball, he was within five yards of it, and just constantly going from side to side to inter, interchange with the wing, well, interlink with the wing backs and strikers. Fantastic energy, and yeah, I love my man Sonny, I really do. So it was a really encouraging performance. God, we didn't get the win because God, we deserved it. But um, on to the next one. Let's hope we can build something. Definitely, and um, finally, David's. Um... Well, I bumped into you at um, Thomas Seggins, Mr. Seggs, Mr. Game Day himself's wedding um, with lovely Katie. Um, congratulations to them both. Uh, you came in uh, ready to dance the night away and you said you had no complaints yep. from the performance. And I was like, wow, OK, um, take it away then. Uh, your thoughts on the performance. It's, it's, it's not often that I don't have any complaints, is there? Um, no, any, mo- our, our four piddling, piss-poor wins this season um, against relegation-threatened shit sides in a shit division. Um, I've still had complaints after those. Um, no, I still don't have any complaints now after thinking about it, talking about it quite a lot. Um, I still don't have any. It was... And all the pyrotechnics and all the fireworks and all of the things beforehand count for nothing, ultimately. You, you can create that atmosphere before the game and it dies if you don't have anything on the pitch. And it's frustrated me over years when, whether it's McCarthy or Cook and things like that, and they're, they're saying that it's down to the 
fans to get the players going. It's like they've they've paid stupid amounts of money to play, and it it feeds off its each other. If you don't have in a you know under Mick, you used to see it the, that sort of you get a an attack in the 80th minute, and suddenly everybody would wake up and they'd stand up, and you'd get an atmosphere. It has to come from that. We're prepared to react, and that and the, and the players did that. I still think that the Charlton game is huge in this because that was so abject. And I know I wasn't there, but that was so abject. And the reaction afterwards, and I think that whether it's McGreal, whether it's the players sitting down and having a conversation over in their wonderful coffee club or whatever it is, because it, I've noticed the players have made an, a huge effort to come over to fans since. Because I've been critical all season of the fact that a whole host of players, I mean, after the defeat to Arsenal schoolboys, NCL had just wandered off the pitch, didn't even acknowledge that 4,000 people had turned up. Morsi's given sort of a half-hearted clap from the centre circle and pissed off. And the last couple of games, they've come right over and they've made a point of it, particularly Danassian. Danassian's been going right up and having conversations with fans. And I'm hugely impressed with that as a reaction. And I think that Sunderland, and to a certain extent Wigan, which was similarly fighting performance and battling and was impressive for that. And I came out of Wigan going, I'm, I'm pleased with that because we fought and we scrapped. And that's what I want. I, I mean, yeah, I'd love to see us all dominating, sort of sweeping passes and all of those things. But I want to see us fight. I want to see us scrap. My favourite player was a scrapper and a fighter. And that's what I want. And... That, for me, was the, the, the big thing. Yes, we played on the front foot. We weren't playing sideways passes. Those balls were going forwards, which was important. The formation, yeah, undoubtedly helped because it gave you the, the width, which you haven't got when you've got defensive-minded fullbacks in there. And KVY and Penny can't actually defend. They can get forward well, but they can't defend. So it fitted for that. Norwood undoubtedly helps because of his movement. It's slightly more random movement than Bonds, which is an intelligent movement. But I, I like Norwood and I've, I've, and um, Bond together because they're permanently shifting, permanently moving. It must be a nightmare for defenders. And I've been a huge critic of Aluko all season. I know he's tricky with his feet and things, but out wide on the right, he cuts inside and he's going to score five or six spectacular goals across a year in that position, but he's not a team player. He doesn't do what Burns does. He doesn't get to that byline. He doesn't get crosses in. He doesn't feed other players. In the number 10 role there, or as an attacking midfielder, he was, like Brad said, he was ghosting across. He was wide right. He was wide left. He was in the middle. And without the wide player either side of him, like you're having a 4-2-3-1, he got that space to shift into those gaps. And he was, um, I thought he was man of the match. Um I know a lot of people went for Burns, but I, I thought Aluko was head and shoulders man of the match. He ran that. Um, so I, I'm hu hugely impressive. What's that strange... I tried to point to Brad on the screen because I know that's his boy, but... It's, yeah, it's yeah no, I, 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 I did, did, did reference him yeah. there. So I, mean, I was yeah. hugely impressed. And the second half, a lot of people criticised it and said we, we, we slacked off. Sunderland made changes at half-time. Um, Johnson said that they changed the formation they went and matched us up at half at half time and i think that i mean what do they have two shots and scored with one of them which pissed me off but it's just the way it goes it's like football manager xg is 17 and they have one shot in the 89th minute and one nil defeat but it you know so 
Well, we still haven't won in front of a crowd above 21,000 for 8,000 years, dating back to Newcastle and um, the coming of Hughes as the Messiah. Then, um, no, I, I, I still have absolutely no complaints about that. And credit to Sunderland for making those tactical shifts, um, which nullified us in the second half, but it was still a really good game. So, no, not, not, I remain all this time on not a single complaint. Happy days. I do have a lot Happy of complaints days. about today's game being cancelled, however. Yes, of course, of course. Um, we won't get into that, though, because it's happened, unfortunately. <laughs> and we're recording this podcast anyway, so it's more, more fun doing this podcast, I'm sure. You'll have to excuse um, me, my cat's just exploding. Okay, uh, while David does that, I want to talk to Ben about Wimbacks and Burns, baby Burns. It was good to see him back, and I'm a big fan of Wimbacks. I am. Are you? I, yeah, love Wimbacks. I love Wes Burns as well. Beautiful hair. Beautiful <laughs> hair. Um, I actually got him, I got the home shirt to you, some of my points I didn't realise I had, and got his name on the back. I think he's my new favourite player. If it uh, sounds a bit strange. Also strange to be older than our manager. First time that's ever happened to me as well. Um, but yeah, wing back for us to answer your question. Absolutely um, love that in terms of giving us the width. Allows us to play two up front, which I'm also a big fan of. It, you know, the one up front just wasn't working for us. And um, as much as you think of what we think of James Norwood off the pitch, it seems his professionalism in terms of keeping himself fit um, and firing, he's been able to do that. You know, you know, he's been training with the under-23s and stuff. So having him... You know, firing on all cylinders with Macaulay Bond, who are, you know, I trust will come back into goal scoring form. Just having those two up front, as David said, is such a handful. And having Burns on one side, not, for me, ideally, I think I would have KVY on the left as much as um, defensively he's not he's not the best. Um, I don't think Penny is either. Coulson, I don't think we're going to see again. So right now it's KVY for me on the left, Burns on the right. I think that as wingbacks go in this in this league should be seeing us pick up a lot more points. Um, you've got Evans and Morsey in the centre midfield who should be picking up bits and pieces. And then we're sport for choice with number 10s. I mean, God knows. I mean, Sonia Luco definitely after Saturday deserves to keep his place. He was superb. His first touch just makes such a difference and he moves the ball quickly. That's one thing that annoyed me most at the Charlton game. You know, you go all that way and, you, you know, not as mad as Bono did when he went to Barrow, but... It's a pain in the ass doing a midweek game away. And when you see a performance like that, you're just so disheartened. We just never move the ball. Whereas on Saturday, we're moving the ball into Aluka. Who's getting it back out wide as quickly as he can or into Bon and Norwood's feet or even in feeding it down the sides for Norwood and Bon to run onto. It was a really encouraging performance. Don't want to get carried away. But wing backs, for me, I, w- I would continue with that formation. None of us know what McKenna's going to do because of his experience, you know, at, at United. They did play a lot of 4-2-3-1, but they did resort to wing-backs when needed to, like in bigger games. Games in the past when they beat Man City, they seem to resort to wing-backs and that worked for them. So um, he's certainly going to adjust the style to fit the opposition, I think, and, and the way we're playing. But I, I really hope we see that against Wickham on the 29th, that we see wing-backs, as I say, with KVY and, and Burns there. Sounds good. And um, Bono, you mentioned in your earlier chat about Sunderland about the goal we conceded. You were a bit disappointed how we conceded that. Um, Do you want to carry on that and try to segue into the end of the game? And um, of course, get Matt, Brad and then David. We'll segue into our first impressions on McKenna because he's had his first week. He's been on the grass for the first time, but over to you. So yeah, the goal was, it was a shame really because this this formation that we've talked about now for a little while, this this three five two kind of wing backs. Um, personally, big fan of it. I played it at school. 
uh, inspired by Venables's Euro 96 team. I was that right-hand side kind of wing back. My favourite players back in the day were Tariko and Ulenbeek and um, Stockwell and Yallop and people like that. Um, and it was it was a really disappointing goal to concede because I thought the back three of left to right, uh, Edmondson, Wolfenden and Genoi, I just thought they looked absolutely fantastic. It looked like they've been playing in the back three for, for years. And for Wolfie, who kind of is a bit of an unsung hero. I know we've talked about Norwood coming back in, scoring two and two. But Wolferden has kind of been cast cast aside. He was literally like fourth or fifth choice centre-back for him to come in without a lot of game time. I don't think he's had a lot of time um, in, in the in the under-23s. He, you know, his... His qualities, he's 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 kind of laid back. He's 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 assured, and he must have that kind of chilled out presence that might put everybody else at ease. Um, and the the goal was really disappointing because if you obviously from where I sit in in the U two right in the corner of the cobbled, kind of when it gets down that other end, um, it's kind of like you're kind of craning your head to see it. But looking back on the highlights, they just. It was just a really simple, slick move by Sunderland. And and like David said, they didn't really... It'd be interesting to see what their XG was because they they really didn't create much. All, all they did create was um, Alex Pritchard, formerly of formerly of They Who Will Not <laughs> But just 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 diving around being an idiot. I've got I've got a lot of respect um for for Sunderland as a club. Obviously, I went up there last month, but that was just so it was it was almost like that was the only thing wrong apart from not winning that was the only thing wrong with with the whole kind of the whole like total performance which is given away just such a simple goal because if you if you watch it back on the highlights they just carve us open and it's just so so simple for them as well um not a lot the keeper could have done about it who again walton looked looked absolutely solid i'm i've got a real kind of like an impending sense of doom that, that he's going to go back. So we must do our absolute utmost to, to sign him. Um, but yeah, like the, the back three, they looked amazing. And, and when you think of the players that we've got to come in, um, we've got, we, we've got Burgess, we've got Toto, obviously Toto's there's either David shaking his head. There's either two Totos. You're probably going to get the, what the Toto that is, is, is not the good Toto. But there is a small chance you're going to get the good Toto, the King Toto, the one hundred. But the thing is that the, the, the other the other Toto turns up, and then even if you get seventy four minutes of good Toto, then there's a penalty or some madness every yeah. single time, and yeah. it's the same thing with Kenlock. I like Kenlock, and I don't think Penny's a particular upgrade on him, but. Over time, Kenlock is still making the same. He ke- he defends well, gets the ball, and then he turns back towards goal and then loses it. And it's the same thing he's been doing for ages. And yeah. that's always my problem with a player, particularly a young player, but, um, you know, Toto as well. Don't make the same mistake over and over and over again. Yeah. Kenlock comes in as a youngster and makes that mistake, so he doesn't do it again. Learn from Wilson last season. Do the simple thing. And that, for me, is Toto's problem, is the fact that, a bit like Titus Bramble in the Premier League, he's always got, he's going to be really good for 89 minutes and then do something absolutely stupid to cost you the game. So, for me, and he's done it for, I mean, how long has he been here? Three seasons now? It still hasn't been eradicated. And and 
you know, watching the Barrow game on TV, you, you saw more of it. He looked so disinterested. You know, he, he was just sort of with him shrugging his shoulders a couple of times. And, and it just, if you can't improve in three years, go away. <laughs> Sorry, interrupting. That's fine. That's fine. Um, Bono, do you want to carry on or can I segue into Matt to talk about um, the man who's returned and he keeps scoring? And that is James Norwood, Matt. Um, well, I thought his future was here was done. Um, but because of Paul Cook's gone, he's got an opportunity to to thrive now under Kieran McKenna. Um, there's many players like that. I think Luke Wolferden will benefit with him. I think even players, there'll be a video, by the way, that is already out, um, on players that will benefit under the new manager. But Norwood, he just scores and he's he's been scoring a lot since he, when he does play. Yeah, I mean, I, I think being banished to the under-23s is possibly the best thing that's happened to him this season. I think it, I think it's really important to note, actually, um, that he peeled away from the goal celebrations to go and celebrate with Kieran Dyer on the bench. And he, he said afterwards sort of how much he appreciates what Dyer's done, keeping him fit and obviously working with him while he was in exile um, with the under-23s. And I suppose Kieran's got his own documented off-field um issues from when he went up to Newcastle. So it I don't know, maybe Kieran's been able to have a word and say, look, I know what you're going through and uh, has sort of got him back on the focus. And like I said, he's he's yeah, he's he's playing well. He he's a menace. He's a menace. David touched on it well. It's random movement, but he must be a nightmare um for any centre back playing against him. And with him and Bond moving together like that, um you, you you could see all the highlights in the first half and it was Bon and Norwood linking up. And I think what doesn't go, what hasn't really been said much is sort of the way he took that goal because Bond's put the ball in. It has taken a bit of a deflection off the Sunderland defender on the way up and risen up a little bit. And he's, he's managed to control his run in his position really well to get his head on that and stick it in the back of the net. That, that little deflection could completely throw it out. You're expecting a direct ball coming off Bond's foot. But he's managed to sort of change his body shape and adjust to adjust his run, um, to still get a good connection on it. And yeah, um, say if he's going to keep scoring, he's going to keep starting. Um, can't grumble. I am just going to I am just going to bring it back to Toto very quickly. Just in that, as much as he does frustrate me, he will forever give me one of the highlights of the relegation season when Lambert brought him on at the end against Stoke at home, um, and nobody knew. That what he was actually like. And they thought, oh, oh, big, big, tall central defender, they've stuck him on. And effectively, they all marked, man-marked him and left Will Keane <laughs> yeah, space to get that 90-second minute equaliser. So I'll be forever grateful for that one little hilarious moment in what was a dire season from Toto. <laughs> They'd obviously not yeah. done the research on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Toto. Oh, Toto. Um, but Brad, um, final notes on the Sunderland game, men. What else did you get from it? Um, of course, we don't know yet what how McKenna was set up, but um, I'm sure he got involved in some sort of the tactics a little bit. I'm sure he had a little bit of a sound. I'm sure he was there in the dressing room, but any more notes? Yeah, um, just a couple of notes on this 3-5-2 where lead one isn't rocket science, is it? It's get the balls in the box and have people in there to attack. You look at Plymouth. Plymouth, when you uh, when I've watched, I, I'm sad. I watch their extended highlights basically, and I I see how they basically get balls out wide, and there's literally four or five in, in the box waiting for it to come in, and they get chance after chance after chance. And yeah, they they play some nice stuff in between that, but you, you can have all the possession in the world. We've had it with Lambert. 
But if you're not getting bodies in the box, if your striker's isolated, you're not going to get out of League One. So I, I, I think that 3-5-2 has the potential to deliver that for us and the fact that, like we've said, you've got two strikers in the box. The, the fact that Bond ran onto that ball on Saturday um, and would norm, normally be crossing it to a number 10, five foot six Connor Chaplin, but instead he crossed it to a James Norwood. So um, it, there's, there's, there's so many ways which you can you can make that work. Only thing is with the 3-5-2 is that I think with the goal, Edmondson was sort of on, in, on the wrong side where as a defender, I don't think you're ever really quite sure who's who's your man in a 3-5-2 because you don't get three central strikers. You either get one or two. And I always have horror memories of the Accrington 2 the way where I think the ball came in for Colby Bishop and everyone just looked at each other like, oh, weren't you your man? No, no, definitely your man, sort of like that. So if, if you can get it right defensively, I think the rest comes with it. But yeah, so at one point we were the prime Sheffield United under Wilder with Damascian overlap and Burns as a centre half. So who knows where it can take us? Definitely, David love that. David will love oh, that. Yeah, absolutely. And there, there was a couple of games where Lambert played um, that three-five-two with Wolfenden as the right-sided one of those three centre backs, and Wolfenden rampaging forward as an overlapping centre back. I loved seeing that, and then it was really successful for two games, and then Lambert, being the dickhead that he was, then just scrapped it, and we never saw it again. Um, so, but yeah, absolutely. Three, I want three-five-two at the moment. My one problem with it, and I've complained about it in the past under Lambert, is that if sides push up on your um, wing backs, then that can cause a problem because if if you've got a rigid flat back three and your wing backs are the only ones providing the width then if you push up on those then you you lose lose width so having a, some adaptability within games to counter that i'd like to see which comes if you're full if your center backs are prepared to overlap and get forward because you you counteract that that particular problem which is one of the things i like about um um whatever his name is the new one who's come in i can't remember his name kieran <laughs> thing um, <laughs> Yeah, new him. manager. <laughs> new manager. I haven't got used to it yet. It, I still have a problem with having Kieran as it's like having Justin Welby as a bit Archbishop of Canterbury. Justin's an estate agent's name and not an Archbishop's name. Still have a problem with that. But, um, sorry to anybody called Justin, I'm really not intending to offend you that much. Much, um, not your fault. The but, uh, uh, Norwood, one last comment before I offend anybody else, Norwood. I'm not bothered about the off-field stuff. Never have been. You know, we, we've had, uh, I mean, various players, I said it before, various players over the years, not at our club, other clubs as well, have had issues off-field, which you support or not. If it doesn't affect what you're doing on-field, get on with it. I don't have a problem with his social media thing. Loads of people have a problem with that. But people give it out to him and then he bites back. We complain about anodyne, tedious people who don't say anything. And then when you get somebody who does say something, then we have a go at them. You can't, you can't expect to have players on social media, you give it to them, and they just soak it up. They're human beings and they've got a right to answer back. So I, 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 I like Norwood being spiky on social media. People give him grief, he gives it back. I like it. And fair play. And I'd much rather that than have people just go, 
yeah, mate, we uh, we go again, and uh, he stuck the ball into me, and uh, I'm delighted, and we'll go back to the training ground and uh, work hard. Right now, tedious, no. boring, go away. I actually want proper opinions, and I want people who are opinionated. Um, so much as I dislike Steve Evans, for instance, he is opinionated, and and good on him for that. Much as I dislike Dar um, what is it, McAntony at Peterborough, again opinionated, and I want that. I just don't like his opinions, but credit to him for putting them out there so all power to norwood and whoever the new manager is i, I like his flexibility kieran mckenna i repeat that's the one. Kieran yeah. McKenna. And that's a nice little segue by the way david because that is where we're going to go to next um as i said why do you think i put like, it in there yeah you knew <laughs> you knew you knew i did put that in ross's mind to segue into kieran mckenna um ben we're going to discuss um kieran more in depth now he's had his first week as town boss he's been on the training ground he's done his interviews what do you think of him your first impressions first impressions are <clears throat> obviously you no know he's come from man united and you're gonna get a lot of talk about that i know a few i've heard a few fans opinions of like oh it's going to be manchester united's kieran mckenna etc etc i don't care where he's come from i think it, actually it's, it's fantastic to come from for a big club um, like Man United, but what what's the most important thing is what's he going to do for Ipswich Town? We've tried so many things um, in terms of experienced managers, managers who have maybe been on the downward spiral um, but have had promotions in the past, managers who we thought would cook was still sort of at a high level. That didn't work. So I'm really excited that we're trying something a little bit different. We're investing in a young coach who's got some brilliant experiences at Tottenham and at Manchester United. If you're playing that or sorry coaching at that kind of level and coaching those sort of players there's surely plenty that you can learn from those players um you know the circles he's moving around and, and will improve us as a league one football team as i said um when he came to me last i don't really know what kind of style he's going to play it was interesting to to hear that he was um going to be adaptable in his approach so doesn't believe in formations believes in player instructions and seeing um you know what the game demands of us so um the way he spoke was really refreshing very different to a lot of managers we've had in the recent past um he just sounded very controlled quite unemotional but i think that's a good thing you know us fans want to get really high when we win and really low when we lose that that's natural but as a manager having someone it sounds like who's going to keep things on a, on a sort of a level playing field the whole time um will be good i think the players i saw mccauley bonds already come out and said he respect already respects him for the players that he's been working with um coming from the level that he's come at so the players hopefully will um will have his respect which is really important um if the manager doesn't have the respect of the players he's not going to be able to get the best out of him but um it will take a few weeks ross for us to see what kind of side you know we're going to be under him i'm not expecting miracles in the first few games um but i think actually gillingham getting called off today is actually probably uh not a godsend because i was confident anyway but gives us another few days on the training ground to put his well first sort of stamp on the team but yeah right young composed coach who i'm very excited about to see more from Definitely. And um, that is Kieran McKenna once again, David, just to put that in your mind. <laughs> Kieran McKenna. Um, over to you then, Bono. Um, that's only maybe only positive for the game getting called off. He's got more time on the grass, on the training ground to be with his players. Um, but what do you think of his first interviews? Yeah, echo what Ben said, really. Um, really cool, really calm, really composed. Icy veins, quite possibly. You know, and uh, uh, make no mistake, he's he's worked at the very, very top under some of the 
biggest names in, in in football and you know a little bit like Mourinho kind of shadowing um Bobby Robson so Bobby bless him you gotta pick up stuff from from the way that the very very best the people at the very pinnacle of of, of their trade do stuff so I, I so I think it's a it's it's a bit of a coup press conference was just absolutely brilliant I think he he answered all the questions really really well um the best insight though and a bit of a shout out to the club I think the the, the coverage lately um online social media stuff has been has been fantastic probably the best I've ever known um but the the best insight for me personally was was was, was those training ground videos I mean <laughs> I put out one of my silly memes because I got too much time up time on my hands um about seeing seeing him and Martin Pert on the training field with their couple mundials but the, the the best thing for me was just seeing that content was you, you could hear him shouting you could hear him berating and giving instructions and stuff like that and and that kind of thing doesn't come across when you're kind of sat there on a on like a media on like a podium with like um do and 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 also let, let's consider the fact that he's doing a press conference over zoom how nice would it have been for him to do his first press conference for his first his first managerial job room full of your colleagues ross Stu, andy everybody else from all the various different media outlets all of them there um but alas he had to do it via flipping laptop which you know i think we've all done a million and one zoom meetings now haven't we over the past kind of two years or so um but yeah just just i got really really high hopes but I'm, I'm trying to temper them but how many times have we been kind of like four or five times bitten and twice shy we've had these people in they've won all this silverware they've, they've done it at clubs bigger than us they've had success and they've absolutely nosedived at um at it switch town now we're getting a, a clean slate a bit of a kind of leap of faith a bit of a journey into the unknown so you know let's let's give them time what what i don't want to see is if we if we if we kind of in the next five games or so kind of win one draw one and lose three for for some of the kind of more ridiculous partisan kind of part of the fan base to come out and say oh he's he's shit type thing because you know what if he was he wouldn't be here so yeah onwards and upwards kieran mckenna's blue army there we go. Um, Matt, over to you. Uh, I think it's just great that we've got an opportunity to see the training footage and also see all these interviews. Um, what did you take from what you were saying and the key things about, you know, he's going to be aggressive, he's going to have... I'm just, I was just pretty happy with what he was saying, really. Yeah, I mean, again, very, very similar to what Ben and Bonner have already said. I... I I thought he's really confident. He is measured in his approach. Um, there, there's a there's a touch of arrogance there, but not in a bad way, because I think to be at the top of your game, you need that. I, I've seen some comments floating around on social media saying, oh, he was a bit dull. I, I, I really disagree with those comments, you know. We've had characters, even going back to as recently as Paul Cook, you know, and it's not worked. You know, so I'm not worried about whether they're going to be a laugh and, and self-deprecating at a fans forum about who's doing the defensive set piece coaching or or what they got their cup of coffee with them out on the training ground. You know, I want to see somebody who's got um, a, a, a plan and a vision and that that Kieran McKenna comes across. He's definitely got something in mind. This this job 
he's seen it as the next step for him, but he sees an opportunity here to do something. And he's got a bit of a free hit because the, the season is virtually over. So he's got a bit of a free hit now to have a go. And if we do make the top six, brilliant. But there's no there's no real, I don't think, massive expectations. Certainly, I don't think from the new owners. Um, but yeah, the way he came across, he, he really... He really impressed me, you know, and seeing that content from the training ground just backs backs that up wholeheartedly. And I must admit, I, I didn't really know much about him until he was sort of linked with us a couple of days beforehand. But I've, I've done a limited bit of research, and he came in. He came in and was quite successful quite quickly with the Tottenham under 18s. Took him to the semi-finals, the FA Youth Cup. Uh, he won a a, a title um, with Manchester United under 18s. Uh, and as Bonner said, he's been and Ben said he's been promoted up into that first team setup at Manchester United by Jose Mourinho. And and say what you like about Mourinho now, and he's he's definitely waning now, but he's still one of the best managers, coaches out there from the last thirty years. Um, and you know, shadow the greats of Bobby Robson, you know. So if if Jose Mourinho is seeing something in him, then he must have something about him. And the, the feedback generally, apart from a sort of disaffected section of Manchester United fan base, seems to be that he, he's a highly regarded coach and, and his coaching sessions are good. And I don't read too much into what some Man United fans have been saying on Twitter because I think that, it, that that's more of a hangover from the wider thing with, with, with Solskjaer and just leaving. But I mean, Ralph Rangnick wanted to hang on to him, you know, Um I, I I am I, I'm excited. It is a gamble. It is a gamble. And same as Ben, I'm struggling that I am marginally older now um, than well, both the men's and women's team manager. Because um, discovering recently, I'm also older than Joe. Uh, <laughs> it's terrifying, <laughs> terrifying that I've got a year, two years on both of them. But I am I am excited. It is it's a long term appointment, you know, and. Uh, I, I didn't want to see a Neil Harris or, or, a, or a Warnock type appointment. Um, I wanted to see sort of planning for the future. You know, the ultimate goal from the ownership is to get us back at the top table. You know, the first step is getting out of League One. We can probably say that's not going to happen this season. It's not completely dead, but it's it's very much it, it it's very much on there. The the the, the paddles have been got out. You know, um, but. We need to be. We need to have somebody who's going to get us up, and actually have a philosophy to keep us up because we don't want to become a Rotherham and become a yo-yo between the second and the third tiers of English football. And it does sound arrogant, but we're Ipswich Town. We shouldn't be in the third tier of English football. Definitely. And um, Brad, over to you. And uh, I will admit, when I first saw the club's interview, I went, "Oh, he's a bit, he's a bit dull, a bit monotone." Sorry, Matt. I was one of those persons, but then I changed my mind on him a little bit. I, watched the I think I did call conference. you out on the WhatsApp group, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, Ross, I think that's a bit harsh. Um, but then, I, of course, I think I listened to him a bit more and I actually did really enjoy the press conference. It was really good. Um, how he was answering some of the questions were better than normal answers from Paul Cook. Paul Cook's a whole different character to Kieran McKenna. Paul Lambert's very different as well. So I think it's, a, it's good that we're going to have a manager in charge who's going to be very different to the standard old-fashioned manager, because Paul, Paul Cook, Paul Lambert are very old-fashioned sort of, but now Kieran McKenna is a modern manager. This is an opportunity for you, your first time to sort of talk about the appointment. Um, take it away. Yeah, um, I think, well, firstly, like you say, Ross, I, I quite enjoyed listening to um, his press conferences because he's he was calculated. And you know me, I love to talk about tactics. And with Cook, 
his press conferences, his interviews were hilarious. But anytime somebody tried to question him on team selection, anything, oh, I don't want to talk about individual players and all of that sort of stuff has come out, didn't it? So it's going to be nice to, hopefully nice, to hear somebody actually breaking down what we did do right, what we didn't do right. A bit like how McGrill has done that, because even his press conferences have actually been quite refreshing to hear him sort of, um, I listened to the main pod, I did actually pick up on this where I think Stuart or Andy were both saying where fans want to feel like they're part of it. And so you, you feel like he's speaking to you as, as well as the media. So, um, and we're not mugs, are we? we? We know, I think everyone here knows what they're talking about. So we want just a bit more than just a, oh yeah, we, we lost. Never mind, on to next week. I'm not going to tell you any, anyone out who's out injured. I won't discuss tactics. So hopefully a little bit more in that regards. Um, I think another another thing I took away is the fact that he just seemed pretty confident. Um, the guy's used to walking out at Old Trafford, isn't he? He's used to being the one who, at most of the time in the game, when you see him, is right on the front of the touchline alongside Solskjaer. Um, so him walking out in front of that empty 30,000-seat stadium, that didn't look to overawe him at all. Um, when you've seen Ashton walk out there and he's sort of had butterflies, I, I, McKenna probably did did get them, but kept it well hidden. But he just looked like he belonged in a way, and it's it's the appointment I wanted. It's the I, I make no I made no secret of the fact that I wanted somebody to go with who similar to what we've had success as a football, football club. You look at Alf Ramsey, Robson, Burley were all coaches ahead of their time, all given their first jobs, second jobs, um, and success was made at Ipswich Town. I mean, we've, we've gone down the has-been so many times um, and football moves so quickly. What worked for Paul Cook four years ago doesn't work now. That's how quick football changes. So adaptability is another one which ties in with that and the fact that he's going to look to adapt to what, what comes with it. But I've, I've got a little, little bit of a little bit of a nervousness because he, he has only really worked with, apart from Manchester United first team, well, is only really used to working with top technical quality players. So how does he transfer that to lead one players? It's going to be interesting. Um, for a start, I don't want to see us become a playing a ball out of the back team again. I don't think that's what you need in lead one. I know you can do it, very good at it. But that's what all the top clubs do, and they all at the centre-half as technically as good as what our number 10 is. So um, I don't want to see that. I also don't want to see loads of Premier League youngsters coming on loan. Uh, we've been burnt there where we've had McGuinness come in and just basically um, iron out every mistake he made before joining Cardiff for a million. So I want to see him work with his squad. I want to obviously see him make his own stand on the squad, but I don't want to see a youth team sort of like develop from other teams' youth teams. I want to see Ipswich Town being built and I want to see it in a way that is going to bring success and not just a, not just a, oh yeah, we've helped him out. He's gone back to his club and he's gone off to another, off to another club. So hopefully it's going to be a hell of a ride. I, I got this sort of gut feeling where I felt like I'm watching history being made when I, when I watched his sort of stuff there, I felt like, oh, I'm going to look back on this in a few years time and just think, yeah, that, that was when I just got that gut feeling. It's, it's going to go, it's going to go well. So, Cautiously optimistic, 
um, I'm ready for the ride. Yeah, I, I said that Drew and Paul Cook and when the owners take over, I'm, I'm looking forward to the ride. But um, at the moment, we're not even started yet, <laughs> but hopefully we'll be starting very soon. Um, now, David, um, I'm going to just test you now. Who's our new manager called? What's he called? Um, Eric Smith. <laughs> <laughs> at least he didn't say Paul McKenna. Yeah. yeah. No Kieran Pauls. McKenna, I will get there. It's, it's just... You haven't, you haven't been at, been at the ground. You haven't had the chance to shout it. It it it's, it doesn't stick, does it? Um, two before certainly two things. One is Bono said, if he was shit, he wouldn't be here. Can I just refer you to Jewel and Lambert? Um, <laughs> Point taken. Point taken. <laughs> uh, and also, there are no positives to having a postponement. None whatsoever. Ever. Um, it's the same as having Fair enough. bloody international breaks. There's no positives to those either. Just put them in the bin. Thank you very much. Um, give me football every Saturday and on Boxing Day. Um, I'm entirely neutral about this um, appointment. I, I'm on the fence. Um, I'll take a little bit of sort of glory from saying it won't be any of those people on the list. It'll be somebody we haven't even thought of yet. Um, because I don't think anybody was talking about McKenna at any point beforehand. It was just sort of like, oh, suddenly he, he, he sort of appeared on the betting and then about two hours later he, he, he was there. So, but my, my my sort of caveats first why I'm sort of on the on the fence. First of all, it's Manchester United. I don't care. Um, I don't think it matters that he came from Manchester United. The whole big club thing pisses me off. It's the same as signing Chopra from Newcastle, who was an absolute bellend. Um, it doesn't matter what club you came from. It's about how you how you play and how you manage. So it, he he could have come from Blythe Spartans, and if he if he's a, it ends up being a god, then great. So the Manchester United thing irrelevant for me. Big clubs get in the bin as well. Thank you very much. Along with postponements, um, and respect as well. I I I have issues with the whole notion of respect from where you came from. It's the same. I've had so many arguments. You'll be surprised to hear this because I don't often argue with people. Um, really? really? Yeah. I, I, it, it, it's it's my, my natural disposition is, is to be sort of self-effacing and just go with the flow. I've argued vehemently about suits over the years. I hate suits. I think they're a pointless and utter waste of time. And I've argued all about these people say, well, you need to wear a suit so you get to have the respect of the children in the classroom. You need to wear a suit so you get respect from your clients. Bollocks, frankly. You get respect by what you do. And you can wear, I've, I've known teachers when I was teaching who are absolute shit, but they wear lovely suits. They're not good teachers. They're shit, but they're wearing a lovely suit. I've known people in offices when I've worked in offices who are complete dingbats, but they've got a lovely suit. They're still twat, but they're wearing a lovely suit. Similarly with a football manager, you could come off the back of um, sort of a wonderful England career. You've got 160 caps. You're sort of um, an absolute hero of the back pages of the tabloid newspapers. Everybody loves you to bits. And you get on the training ground and, and you're an idiot. You don't know what you're doing. Um, I mean, the, the history is littered with great players who don't go on to be great managers. Everybody thought that um, Brian Robson would be a fantastic manager. All sorts of people. I and mean, 
there are circumstances, reasons why, but you can look at Butcher, you can look at Mills, who've had opportunities but haven't done as well as you might have thought from a captain, a leader, all of those sort of things. The respect is gained by what you do. And I really, and I think that that is the case for football players as well. I mean, people respect Mourinho and he didn't have a play, have an illustrious career when he first took over a, a pretty big club. He didn't work his way up from fourth division in Portugal. He took over a big club. And I think that's the important bit is what you do. And from what I hear, people, the players he's worked with before and the managers he's worked with have got respect for him. So that that's a tick there. But I think the players would respect anybody who came in and did their job well. I think that's the important bit. I think the reason why Hurst lost the dressing room is because too many changes, but also I don't think they had the respect for him because I don't think he was doing it very well. And his subsequent career suggests that. What I like about him so far, as I say, I'm entirely neutral. I don't know anything about him. I haven't seen him play a game. Um, is that discussion about flexibility you know it's not about playing 4-2-3-1 rigidly all the time it's about having a style and an ethos which you can adapt and shift to between and within games to match up what you need to do that I really like that's not what Mick did which is just mirroring the opposition to nullify them that's saying this is how we play but to play this way effectively in this game we're going to just tweak that slightly. We're going to do that slightly differently, move that player. And I like that flexibility. I like that having the ethos of that. I thought was really positive. In terms of longevity, um, nobody's long lived particularly in football, are they? I mean, two, 18 months ago, Chris Wilder was a god and, and nobody thought he'd be leaving Sheffield United. Now he's the manager at Middlesbrough. So it's... I, I, giving somebody a three, five, six, 12 year contract is, is irrelevant. I mean, if he does brilliantly, he might get poached. Five year, yeah. But I mean, Lambert, five year contract, precisely. You know, it's, you know, it, it doesn't matter, does it? Because you yeah, have Newcastle contract has only just run out in the last year or two, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, personally, I wouldn't have given Pardew a seven minute contract to um, buy me a pint because he's useless. But, um, yeah, I'd like to like him to build a sort of a, a great legacy and be here as long as um, Robson or something like that or Wenger or Klopp. But they're outliers now. You don't, you've, you've never really had that. So do what he can while he's here. And what I want to see this season is progress. As far as I'm concerned, this season's dead. That's why that's why I think that Cook was sacked when he was because I think this season is dead and it gives. Them half a, the new manager half a season to bed in all his philosophies for next season. If you get the playoffs now, it's a huge bonus. But as far as I'm concerned, the season's dead. If we're going sideways and there's no signs of progress, I will get uppity because I want, ultimately, and I said this a little while ago, I don't care who is manager. I want to win. And I don't care how we win. I want to win. I want to go to Portman Road and see us beat them. That can be George Graham style, you know, rigid offside trap, one nil, arm up in the air, one nil win, one nil win, one nil win. Don't care. It can be ball up, get it, get it through quickly. It could be possession football. It could be Pep Guardiola. It could be Neil Warnock. If Pulis came in and had us scoring 100 goals and 100 points, I would accept Pulis. I want to win. That is 
ultimately why I go to, you know, yeah, I love Ipswich, but I go to football to see us win. And it's a fucking long time since I've seen us win consistently. Four times against shit teams in a shit division this season. I am beyond having patience. So, yep, this season, I'm not expecting to go up, but I want to see progress. I want to see us win more often than not and end up in maybe eighth. That, that That's progress. Happy with that. The next season, HMS pissed the league and the rest of them can fuck off. That's progress because I want to see us win. Okay, then. That is um, David's speech. I really don't care how. Yeah, that is the the standard fan social David speech. Hopefully you enjoyed that on your Boxing Day walk, your stroll. Um, But well said as ever. Um, (laughs) Now I'm going to segue. You weren't expecting me to have a conversation about suits in there, were you? No, I don't know where you're going with that. But (laughs) let us know what you think of that, ladies and gentlemen. Um, The only time I wear a suit is at a wedding and sadly at a funeral. But I don't really wear suits that often, really. Just... Yeah, anyway, won't get into that. Won't get into that. It's another story for another day. Um, well, this is the next feature is a standard that I always go for. Every time there's an opportunity to do this, I always think about it. And it is the one word feature to describe a thing. Um, and of course, the next thing is to one word to describe 2021 for town because it's been, uh, yeah, a very interesting year. Uh, Brad, do you got a hand up? What's up? No, just one word. Oh, one word, one word, one, one word. Uh, so, Ben, over to you to start off the first one word. Describe this year. Vexing. Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> look it up, Ross. Look it up. And I think that you will look it up and you'll think, yeah, no, that's, that's spot <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I'll quickly Google that. Yeah, carry on. No, I'm done. You said one word. <laughs> oh, uh, Okay. <laughs> I'll ask you a question. I, I, I did well at English at school. My English teacher always said, just answer the question. Whatever you do, just answer the question. <laughs> One word I don't always ask, answer the question. It's just I do so in a very long-winded way. Yeah. David, I didn't want to bring you into it. <laughs> That's <laughs> rude. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we, are, we have gone over an hour so far, so I think maybe that's a good idea, Ben. Maybe going forward. 57 minutes of it was me. Give the people what they want, David. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. I think that's what they want. Um, do you want to carry on, Ben, or are you happy to just move on to Bono? You want him to expand on that? or? No, I, do, I just think vexing perfectly sums up our 2021. It's disappointing. It's frustrating. A little bit worrying. We're ending it maybe being a little bit more positive. But let's face it, 2021 has been... I could come up with other words, but let's just stick with vexing. I'm not going to swear. Good, good, good. Um, whoever has the best word will be getting the title of today's video slash Boxing Day special. So um, let's see who's got other words. So Bonner, over to you. Vexing, can you top that? Is it a word to describe how I feel or a word yeah. to describe? Yeah, go for it. Ropeable. <laughs> Expand. <laughs> Is that as it right. describe what it means, Ross? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Both. Is it in a sentence? Yeah. <laughs> I feel oh, pretty... I'm feeling ropeable about <laughs> Ipswich Town in 2021. It's, it's, it's Australian slang for those that aren't in the know. Big shout out to those Ipswich Town fans down under. 
G'day, mate. Okay. Well, like, <laughs> I, I got family. I got family in Australia, yeah. New Zealand. It's all right. It's fine. Yeah, rope, ro ropeable. Ropeable. Okay. Um, and it's not. It's not offensive or like a swear word. So you won't need good. to beep it. Sorry, oh, David. Yeah. We'll, get, we'll, get, we'll get to you in a minute, my friend. We'll get to I was you. I've learned a new one. Yeah. Uh, Matt, over to you. Your one oh, word. Oh, I'm impressed. That, having lived in Australia for a bit, Bonner, that's probably one of the few slang words that's not offensive or a swear word, to be honest, my experience. Um, whirlwind for me, really, because we, we, we had Lambert go, we've had Cook come in, we've had Marcus Evans go, which I was quite happy to see the back of him. Um, game changer come in. Um, <laughs> nineteen players. Was it, was it twenty players out? Nineteen in, and then and then everything to all with the with the up and down to this season. It's really uh, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say it's exciting, but yeah, yeah it has felt like a real whirlwind, really, uh, a real whirlwind to kind of end up slightly further back from where we were this time last year. Really, there we go. Nice little explain, little expanding on his word. Thanks, Matt. That was very good. Um, but no, Ben, Ben and Bono, you did good too. I'm just, just saying. Do you want me to explain vexing? <laughs> Why don't you just look it up? No, no, I did look it up. It's fine. It's oh. fine. It's fine. Um, what a mess this features is. Oh, oh dear. Oh, what a dear. It's been doing this one like so so <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I won't do ben this feature. Ben Al Pacino on us there. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brad, over to you. One word and expand. Robert Coaster. Roller coaster because it is never dull supporting Ipswich Town, even though we are always shit. It is somehow never dull. So roller coaster exactly for the reasons as Matt said. Um, when you actually break it down, it's, it's been absolutely mental what's happened to this club. And when you look at it back on this time last year, we were who were we playing? We weren't playing Boxing Day, no. But Lambert was in charge, like you say, and, it, and now we've got Pierre McKenna. So crazy. Crazy indeed. I think the amount of times I've said, you know, jump on this ride and roller coaster every time we get like a new announcement. So whether Paul Lambert, God, Paul Cook coming in, new owners, some are like no other, and then other bits and bobs. And then, yeah, well, how many times I jumped off this roller coaster is crazy. But uh, yeah, good word. Um, Bono, I saw you had your hand up. Did you want to expand on your words? No, I'm just I'm I'm just gonna look up the Christmas fixtures from last year, but I think they were all cancelled, weren't they? Yeah. I'm yeah. still gonna I'm still gonna do it, so I might so I might come back to you. So okay. um over Brilliant. to Dave over to David with his one word. Well, I wouldn't want to disappoint, and because I'm completely gobby, then um I failed on the one word, I've got two. And I'm I'm gonna just stop there. I'm not gonna explain them, I'm just gonna stick with two. Footling excrement. <laughs> is that is that offensive? Is that is that something I have to bleep out or it's just, I mean, pointless shit. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah I mean, ultimately, it is, isn't it? I mean, we've gone through managers, we've played games. What's the point? Utterly pointless. I mean, we've we've signed players, we've sold players, we've cleared squads out, we've washed turnstiles, or we've done whatever else, and we've ended up back exactly where we were. Were I mean, half of it was pointless because we weren't there. The second half is pointless because we can't win. It's just we've we've revolution to stand still. Utterly pointless and shit. Thanks, David. And you're chucking yourself in front of a bus. Pickling <laughs> excrement. Happy New Year, everyone. Yes. <laughs> Merry Happy Christmas. New Year. 
What a pointless year it's been. Let's forget 2021 ever happened, Richardstown. Um, well, before we get into the quiz, to look back at 2021 as down, <laughs> that is the quiz uh, format. Um, Bono, did you want to expand once again on the festive fixtures, which didn't happen last year because they got cancelled? No, I'm, I'm found them. I found the seasons before, but not, not, not last, not kind of this time last calendar year. So I might okay. at the end, I might do. Didn't and? we play that really depressing game on Sky v Swindon when we hadn't played for weeks? Yeah, three two mistaken. Loss. Yeah, and I found out I had COVID that night as well. So it was absolutely a tremendous start to twenty twenty one. Yeah, not good. Um, well, it's time for the strike, the quiz, um, to look back at the year that was Elitrius Town from one word to quiz. We have eight questions. Um, a tiebreaker will be included if we do need it. If we don't, then hopefully we won't need it. Um, okay, just double checking my questions. Have I got them all on here? No, I do have a no, I do have a tiebreaker. Do not worry. I do have a tiebreaker. Um, okay. Are you all ready? Um I didn't actually tell you guys. Do you have a pen and paper at hand? If you don't, don't worry, Matt or Ben. If you don't have it, don't fight. Don't worry. Just just shout your answer out. Pa- paperless. I've got my notes page up on the other screen. <laughs> okay. It's fine. Okay. Question one. It's about that Swindon game, by the way. Oh. So, um, yeah. Because it is the, you know, it was the first game of 2021. Um, Which yeah, members got- COVID? I know the answer. <laughs> Pretty much. There's a question. Uh, who scored? So, play at home, everybody, um, who are enjoying your Boxing Day. But, yeah, who scored the first Itchery's Town goal of 2021 in the 3-2 defeat against Swindon? I do have three options. So, here they are. Was it Alan Judge? Remember him? James Norwood? Or Mark McGuinness? Of course, Brad mentioned Mark McGuinness earlier. Of course, at Cardiff. Alan Judge, James Norwood, or Mark McGuinness. Show me your answer when you're ready. And, and Matt, just shout out because you're, yeah. Judge, Norwood. Who? No. What's Alan Judge, McGuinness? I've got McGuinness as well. It was James Norwood. Well, oh. so that is right. James Norwood. And as it stands, if hopefully the two games do get played, the Wickham and Lincoln, uh, the Wickham game, uh, James Norwood will be the man who scored the first goal of 2021 and the man to the last score in 2021. But hopefully the Wickham game is on and uh, we've got a chance to score in that game. Um, so 1 0 to Matt so far. Question two is who scored the first goal of the Paul Cook era in the 3 1 defeat at Gillingham? Uh, was it three answers once again? Luke Chambers. Troy Parrott, remember him? Or Guion Edwards? Chambers, Parrott, Edwards. What a terrible game that was, though, wasn't it? Paul Cook's first game. That's a nice little segue it would have been, wouldn't it? With McKenna's first game. would also be playing that, Gillingham. That's Gillingham. really annoyed me, because that would have been a wonderful question to have in a quiz. It was like, last two managers. That would have been a lovely little fact. Yeah. For, uh, for, team, a, for a tiebreaker, perhaps. Yeah, tiebreaker, <laughs> yeah. There we go. So, um, when you're ready... Three one the feet. Um, I'm going chambers. Chambers, 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 chambers. Yep, yeah, it is chambers. So all gets a point. Bono with two no. Question three is um, pretty simple one really. Um, can you remember uh, what position did we finish in the 2020-21 campaign? So whoever gets 
the correct answer gets the point. It's one of those questions. Can you remember what time? Well, I think we just went, nah, let's forget about that season because that season happened. Not yet, Bono. Not yet. Let everyone think. Is anyone for what they want? Go ahead then. Bring it up. 11th. 11th as well. He's actually 9th. Oh, wow. Oh. that. We, had, we, we finished the season. I was tossing up between 10th and 9th, and I went 10th because I thought 9th yeah. was wildly optimistic. Yeah. Uh, was, it, was it 11th in 1920? Yeah. I wonder if that's where. 1920? Ah. Yeah, 1920. Like we're always 11th in League One, just like we're always yeah. 14th in the Championship. Pretty much. Pretty much. Okay, then. Now, question four. So Bono is still in the lead with two points. Question four is on the boy Aaron Dryden. A Drizzy, of course, a, f a friend of the show. Um, of course, now at Leighton Orient. But how many goals in 21 games has Aaron Dryden scored since leaving town to join Leighton Orient? This will be a random guess for everybody. Um, I just thought I had to bring him in because he's, you know, one of the good sparks out of that team who left, who's done well for himself. Little clue there. He's done well for himself, so he must have scored goals. Is there multiple choice or is it closest to the mark? Just closest to the right answer gets the point. And if you get it bang on, I'm happy to give you two points. Oh, yeah. You're so generous, Ross. It I is know. Christmas. It is Well, it was Christmas. Yeah, but Boxing Day is still Christmas. Yeah, so, yeah as, as David Boxing said. Boxing Day is still Christmas. I, I haven't had Christmas with children yet because I have a three-day weekend. Of yeah, fair play. Things, so. Fair play. All right. Brad's gone early. Seven points. No, seven points. Seven goals. Yeah, and that's what I was going with as well. Great, great mind thinking like that. Eight. Eight. Same as David. Twelve. It is 13. What? Jesus. Explain it, I mean. Yeah, all competitions, by the way. Why did we let um, him go? Dear, oh dear. Yeah, no. So, Donald gets the point. He was one off, though. He was one off. He could have got double points there, but he doesn't need double points because he is winning 3 1 so far. All right, question five. Is how many clean sheets have Town kept in 2021? So 60 games in total. 60 games in 2021. League game, of course, all competitions. So the the Pizza Trophy, the one Carabao Cup game when we lost against Newport. So that's one clean sheet we that did we didn't get because we lost that game. And of course the FA Cup. Of course Barrow, we, we drew against them. Of course at Port so That's one clean sheet for you. 15, Brad's gone for. Which is what I've gone for as well. People are going to assume I'm just cheating off Brad, but genuinely, that's what I've oh. written down here. Fair play, fair play. Dean, David? No. Eight? No. 13, 13, 13. 13. Okay. Well, oh, wrong Ooh. side. 17, that is. 17. 16. The correct answer is 19. Oh. A lot, a lot of nil-nil draws in there, so it's three, two, one. There we go. Next question is about goals. How many goals have Town scored <laughs> in twenty twenty one? Once again, sixty games. And um, I actually got, um, I put this in the Kings of Anglia podcast chat with the with the um, with Stu, Andy, and um, Heafy, and I actually got my calculations wrong. Stu had to. So, yeah, Russell, you got that a bit wrong. Can you um, double-check that? So, uh, I did. So, he's given me the correct answer. So, I'm just getting it up quickly. Thank you, Stu, if he's listening. Don't think he is, but there we go. You may do. He's boxing day. 
what's a little an hour and a half away from his family. There we go. How many goals? Of course, we've scored a lot of goals this season. Be interesting to know who the most famous listener is. Well, yeah, it'd be interesting. Let us know. <laughs> All right, 54. 52. 52. To this, to this podcast? Yeah. Yeah, like, probably like... I'm Ross's doing nine. Bloody hell. <laughs> that is... That is... Optimism. I do really do. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is wrong. Very, very wrong. 64. <laughs> no, you can't change it. 64. What, what did you go for, Ben? <laughs> Sorry, I'm writing down... I'm writing down one now. Uh, he's crossing it. He's crossing out 109. <laughs> 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 68. Yeah. Well, it's um, a lucky number for some. It's 69. Hey. Hey. So that is three. <laughs> Benny, you got three. three I've got now, three right? now, yeah. You got three now. Three, three, one. Ben just right, lifted up. So um, there we go. Yeah. Demand a recount. <laughs> right, question seven. He's on the boy, James Norwood. How many goals? Well, didn't click on him. How many goals? Oh, no, that is not the right one. Ignore that. Ignore that question. How many goals has Jane Norwood, Jane Norwood scored in 2021? And a little fact here, he's played 28 games this calendar year. But he does goals? score goals. He does score goals. So, 28 games he's played. This term and last term. I'll, I'll put right. 10. I'm going 12. 12? 10? I'm going 11. 11, 14, 14, is it? 14, 7. Someone is bang on. And that man is below me on the screen. And that is Matt. There we go. Three, three, two. So the final question. So Matt can get involved here and could possibly, possibly get into the tiebreaker. But will (laughs) Bono or Ben take the crown? And the question eight is which scoreline has happened the most in town games in 2021? There is three options. Wow, three options nil. are... Nil-nil. Yes. One-nil. Or two-one. Is this to town? If it's yeah. like the no, just, no, just any any result, any scoreline that's happened. So they could be defeats. So we could have lost one-nil, we could have lost two-one. Nil-nil is just, well... What, what was it? Two-one, nil-nil and... One-nilsies. I'm going uh, nil-nil. Okay, it's gone early there. It's gone early. I'm going 2-1. Okay, Brown's gone 2-1. Um, because Matt went nil-nil, it'd be really boring to go nil-nil as well. So I'm going to go 2-1 as well. Okay. Now, My initial gut reaction was nil-nil, so I'm going nil-nil. I thought of well, changing it, but... I'll, I'll let you know the working out. So nil-nil, it's happened 10 times. One-nil, it's happened seven times. And 2-1 is happened 15 times. So 2-1. So Ben and Brad are going to the tiebreaker. Ben and Bono. And, um, what, oh, sorry. Sorry, Ben. Sorry, ben. <laughs> you went 2-1 as well, Brad. So maybe you should get him. Too many, too many Bs. Too many Bs. <laughs> too many Bs. Too many Bs. And the tiebreaker is pretty simple, really. When is Kieran McKenna's birthday? When is Kieran McKenna's birthday? When is he going to turn 36? (laughs) Every year. Bono, no idea, mate. No idea. Just guess guess the month. Has he got the same birthday month as you? 
His birthday, yeah. You can play at home as well, Matt, Brad, and David. You can play. Still. Um, I'm gonna go the 27th of February. <laughs> you don't need to tell me the exact day, but yeah. oh, sorry, that's fine. June. Okay, if someone gets a bang on between Matt and Brad and David, then well done. But um, let's see. Um, he's a confident lad. He's definitely the oldest in September. I'm saying March. Just just okay. throwing it out there, David. October, because it's a good month for a birthday. Fair enough. It's May. He's a May baby. So, technically, Bono has won, and I'm going to give it to him, because I haven't got another question. So, so, Bono, you are the winner of the Boxing Day 2021 quiz. Looking back at 2021, which was, well, as a lot of people said, um, vexing, roping, was it? Roping? No, rope. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, ropeable, mate. Totally ropeable. 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 Uh, that was that other word was not a good word. Um, whirlwind. Brad, of course, went roller coaster, and David went something about pointless Shootling shit. excrement. That was the word. That was the word. Um, and that is it for this fan social podcast. It has been a pleasure. Um, although I do always like to go to all the people that are joining me this week. Uh, ben Bono. Matt, Brad, and David, any other notes before we leave? Nope. I'd nope. just like to say the Ipswich Town fan community is one to be proud of being a part of, and I hope everyone has a fantastic new year, had a brilliant Christmas, and um, yeah, let's hope for better times in 2022. That's all I want to say, Ross. Well said. I think that's I think that's the perfect way to end it, I think. That is perfect way to end it. Um, as I always say, make sure to follow us on Kings Wrangler, all the socials. Um, subscribe to our YouTube channel for all the content that goes out on there. And uh, yeah, look forward to Wickham. Have a happy new year. Um, and make sure to get in contact at Ross Media UK if you want to get involved in many more uh, podcasts. It's great to hear some more voices in 2022. And uh, make sure to sponsor, support our sponsors at manscaped.com. Use the code KOA. You get 20% off and free delivery. Get ready for 2022. Shave those stuff that down. I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, I'm just going to, I'm going to shut up now and uh, hope you've enjoyed. Enjoy the rest of your year and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye for now. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash
Ask an Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.